Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Catherine, we're coming back with yet another bonus episode, and it's an update on the Oxford case, which if you haven't listened, we've done two episodes on that back in season two. You'll find them under episode two and three in season two. Now, before we get into it, can you just give us a brief reminder of how that case unfolded? Uh, Oxford High School is outside of Detroit, Michigan. And there was a kid who essentially came into the school with a handgun. He was a young kid. His parents had purchased the gun for him for Christmas. He took the gun into school and ended up killing four kids. Uh, On the day that it happened, his parents actually had been called to the school because one of the teachers had seen some very disturbing drawings that he had drawn that showed people being shot to death. And, you know, the day before somebody had seen him searching for ammunition, you know, so there were just a lot of warning signs that we talk about in those episodes. You got to go back and listen to them. So chilling. It is one of those episodes that's actually really jaw dropping. It's so unbelievable. You know, this kid is still in jail, charged with murder. And if you want the details, you have to go back to the episodes, but his parents are both arrested and in jail. And they're still in jail, even though the shooting occurred in November, and they're not going to get out. And they're both charged with felonies. We left off with the parents and the shooter in jail. What's developed since then? You know, I just wanted to mention a couple of things because it is complicated and it's going to take a long time for those trials to go to fruition. But the couple of things that I think are super um, interesting and relevant is that a group of the students actually filed a federal claim. So I'm going to just read what it says here. Charging that the school district and several of its officials failed to yield constitutional obligations to safeguard the safety of the students leading up to the shooting. Are they citing any particular moment that they believe there was a failure? From a legal standpoint, you can take all these facts together and say these facts showed indifference on the Mm -hmm. part of school officials to their constitutional obligation to Mm -hmm. take care of the students. And that's really, this is the legal nerd in me, but that's an interesting lawsuit that I haven't really seen in this format before where they say we have a constitutional right to be safe in our schools. You have the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness. So you could file a federal action saying that the school's indifference to the circumstances, facts they knew at the time, is the reason that the killings occurred, is the reason that all the students faced what they faced. This isn't just about students who were killed. It's about a group of students. The shooter was charged with terrorism. And a terrorism charge speaks to the fact that 
everybody was put at risk. So they are the victims in a terrorism charge. Mm -hmm. So this civil action against the school district, as opposed to the criminal action against the subject, is another extension of You allowed us to be victimized, and therefore we have a cause of action against you because you violated our constitutional right to safety in our own school. So kind of an interesting idea that there's a good cause of action for the people who didn't suffer gunshot wounds. If they do win that going forward, is there implications in other school shootings? Oh, absolutely. And I think you're seeing that now. Now understand that Lawsuits are filed all the time after something. Mm. Any school district who thinks that it's not going to get sued and pay millions of dollars when there's a shooting, they should not be school district officials because they're all wrong. Every school and every organization that is involved when a shooting occurs ends up paying massive millions of dollar settlements. It's just what happens to victims, to survivors, to victim families. But not necessarily this situation as much as people who are there in the school but feeling terrorized. But when the government is filing a lawsuit claiming terrorism, right, then clearly the government believes that all those people in the school were terrorized. So the government's actions itself are validating Mm. their claim. It would be a fun case to work because, and I know fun, that's again, legal nerd answer, because you feel like you are you're looking for solutions. And every school district's got to be on alert right now. We are squeezing tighter and tighter the idea of culpability. And you know, the answer some people want is, oh, we have to make schools safer. We have to harden the target. We have to put up more steel doors. But the kid in this shooting walked in with a gun in his backpack and he's not the first one, right? Yeah. And middle school shooters and high school shooters come from within the school. We know that statistically. So these Mm. shooters are already inside the school. And they get in and out. And so you can harden the target all you want. But if you don't improve prevention efforts, we're not going to win this game. So I think it's prevention that we need to focus on. We need to focus on better funding, better organization of things like school threat assessment teams and mental health. But also, let's talk to the teachers and the parents. Let's make the parents responsible. Don't buy your kid a gun when he's 15 because he talks you into it. There were communications law enforcement found after the shooter at Oxford where he was saying, oh, my parents are getting suspicious, but I've been lying to them. Teenagers Ugh. lie to their parents all the time. Of they do. Right. If you think you have a great relationship with your kids and they don't lie to you, you know. You're dreaming. You're yeah, dreaming. Let me, yeah. Let me sell you a bridge, as we say in the States, right? Let me sell you a bridge. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to steal it. <laughs> Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it. Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Amy. And hi, Hi, True Crime Crime fans. fans. We're the co-hosts of She Goes by Jane. Every week, we'll be covering the story of a missing or unidentified woman in the United States. Stories you may have heard before. And ones whose stories didn't make it into the news. We've been covering these stories for a while, first in Amy's book of poetry, Doe. And then in Vanessa's documentary, She. But now we want to share them with you here on She Goes by Jane. And each week, we'll be joined by a special guest who will read a poem in honor of the women we talk about. Can we say who? We can say who. We'll be joined by actresses like Coco Jones and Gabrielle Ruiz. And musicians like Stephanie Quayle and Kelly Moneymaker, along with authors like Louise Penny and Catherine McKenzie. So check out She Goes by Jane wherever you get your podcasts, or check out Evergreen Podcasts and their true crime channel, Killer Podcasts. We can't wait to bring you these stories. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave. Let me go back to that idea of prevention. Is there anything that Oxford is doing that you know of in terms of changing their prevention going forward? One thing is that Oxford, and this is a sad part, I don't have all the details on it, and I'm sure eventually we will, but you know, the school counselor spoke to the Oxford high school shooter and the Oxford high school shooter's parents the day of the shooting, and the parents didn't mm. want to take the kid home, so the kid was sent back to his classroom. The district is evaluating, should the counselors be escalating situations up. So that's one thing. But the other thing they're doing is something that's kind of unique. It's not unique like the company is brand new, but they brought a company in that I've heard of before that does weapons detection. It's an intriguing idea. And when we're looking for ways to solve a problem, imagine this. This company is called Zero Eyes. It's been around for a few years. Um, Loving the name. I know it's Zero Eyes, right? So I know. good. Their concept is they install cameras in your facility. Zero Eyes has a, a basically like a command post. They have, you know, five, six, seven, eight guys working 24 hours a day in this right. command post. And what the people in the command post are seeing, they have used 
artificial intelligence to do gun detection. So what? you're blowing yeah. my mind. How, how is that even possible? I'm going to give you my layman's version, uh, understanding no science here. Um, <laughs> my layman's version, first of all, artificial intelligence learns from itself. That's why they call it that, right? It learned from mm-hmm. itself. So I'm just going to say, this is what I believe they do. Right. Cause it's not like, yeah. it's not like I was in their kitchen watching them make the soup. This is but, zero eyes for dummies, by the way. Oh, for sure. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Zero eyes for dummies. And how artificial intelligence works is they take images, like say 3D images of all the weapons that they want to detect. And then they load that into their system. And then what the cameras do at their location, say there's a camera in a school. If the artificial intelligence detects a possible weapon, then it captures an image of it. And those images go back to a control center where Zero Eyes has people sitting there who are professionals trained in this. And they look at the image and they say, I think that's a gun. Or I think it's not. No, that's an umbrella, right? That would be more likely to be happening in London, just umbrella watch for Zero (laughs) Eyes versus gun watch. Exactly. So what they do is in this control center at the company, if they think that there's a concern, they have pre-established protocols that they agree to with the company or the school district, whatever. Say, for instance, that this is being put into a local uh, grocer, right? Mm -hmm. And they have these cameras and a call goes back to their main hub and the camera images look like a weapon. Then the grocer would have already had an agreement with this company to say, when I hit the word dispatch, is it going to the police department? Is it going to your security office? Because some companies have big security offices. Do they want it to simultaneously go into that and the state police and the local police and the 911 dispatchers, we call it here, 811? Is that what it is where you are? You always do this to me and (laughs) you should know. I know it's 999 because it's the opposite of New Zealand, which is 111. Oh, emergency numbers. You always have to know those, right? So, I mean, it's just an interesting idea. If they get engaged and they see an image, well, they already have the schematics for the buildings. So they can get on the line with the police Mm. and say, here's where he was in the building. And this company has been around for a few years. I mean, they know what they're doing and they've had some successes in this area. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that success is just taking a gun offline, right? It's taking a gun out of somebody's hands before they can use it. That's pretty cool. Say it's an exposed weapon that you're walking down the hallway and you've got a gun Mm. tucked in the back of your jeans. I can tell you, I've had a gun tucked in the back of my jeans many a time in my lifetime. You live a different life for me. I'm telling you, well, I'd be scared. I'd shoot my butt cheek off. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that is a good reason not to carry a gun. Um, <laughs> because if you should, you should be a little more confident than that. I'm not. Because you absolutely could. So that's good. Sarah is not going to be carrying a gun. <laughs> I tell them that you just made me a target. But um, everybody around Sarah carries a gun. She's heavily guarded. Heavily How's guarded. That? I have I'm security. Covering, I'm covering you there. I'm covering <laughs> you there. It's always better mm-hmm. to prevent but it's also good to look at the solutions. And so that's really why I thought, hey, let me tell you about a couple of new updates with regard to Oxford, because I think Oxford is going to be at the edge of new lawsuits, new technologies, new ideas for a long time to come. So that's what's going on up in Michigan anyway. Yeah, it feels very watershed. We'll see. We'll see. 
Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to community podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. Dive into the heart of crime with Foul Play Crime Series. Immerse yourself in the most perplexing cases where each twist and turn is more baffling than the last. With riveting storytelling and detailed analysis, Foul Play brings the unsolved and unexplained to life, captivating your imagination. Listen to Foul Play Crime Series now, where every story is a puzzle waiting to be solved.